Listener Production. Hello and welcome to The Briefing. It's Katrina Blowers here with you. Well, we're about a year away from the next US elections and the latest polls show Donald Trump has a pretty good chance of winning it. Okay, so I know this seems pretty mind-boggling when you look at the chaos that surrounds him. There's legal battles, bureaucratic clashes. So today on The Briefing, we're looking at whether they spell a triumphant comeback or whether it's just classic Trump spin and there's an even bigger uphill battle than even he and his supporters had estimated. Somehow, the 2024 election appears to be the same as the 2020 election, even though those two candidates were amongst the least popular candidates of all time in the last election. Somehow they're back. Somehow. The possible twists and turns of Trump's path to the White House in 2024. We are joined by Chaz Licadello in the second half of the show. But first, the big news of the day. Joining me for the headlines is Sasha Barbagat. It is Tuesday, the 5th of December. Westpac customers have had a bit of a shock after trying to log on to internet banking last night only to find that they couldn't get in or in some cases that they couldn't see any money in their accounts at all. Reports started coming in about the outage around 8pm. The bank confirmed in a statement it had suffered the problem after a routine technology update. It all came back online around 5am and Westpac has apologised. And I can only imagine the absolute jolt of panic that would hit if you were trying to, you know, you're at the grocery store trying to get into your bank to check you had enough for your groceries only to find out you couldn't get in or that you had a big fat zero next to your spending account. It'd be horrible. Yeah, it would be an absolute nightmare. My social media was going into meltdown when I was going to bed. There were people, as you say, literally abandoning their shopping trolleys in the middle of the aisle. People having to walk out of restaurants without paying or walk out of service stations after they'd filled up their car because they couldn't pay. All this comes a month after we saw the Optus outage. Uh, the Westpac CEO only last month, uh, so his name is Peter King. So only last month he was talking about how the bank has this, what he called a spaghetti-like technology platform. He said, look, our technology compared to other banks isn't necessarily older or slower. We just have way, way, way too much of it. And we've got to reduce the number of our technology systems from 180 down to 60. So interesting that they've already come forward and said this was due to a technology update. So given they've got tons of work to do around technology at the bank, you've got to hope that this isn't going to happen again. A man who was released from immigration detention following a controversial High Court ruling has been charged with two counts of indecent assault. 65-year-old Ali Yawa Yawari was arrested at a motel in Adelaide after a report a woman had been indecently assaulted by a guest. It's been three weeks since he was released from an immigration detention centre in Western Australia and he is one of 148 people who were released in response to last month's High Court decision when it ruled indefinite immigration detention is unlawful where there is no prospect of them being deported in the reasonably foreseeable future. And Sasha, another former detainee in New South Wales, has been charged as well uh, over alleged drug offences. This is what the opposition had been warning could happen. Mm, And of course, this is all playing out during the final sitting week of the year in Canberra. So the pollies are really going at it. Now, Labor has proposed legislation so that it allowed judges to send people released from immigration 
back to detention for three years. Labor wants the opposition to come in and back the legislation after weeks of criticism saying that, you know, community safety is at risk. Will the government provide details to the Australian people on why it was necessary to release each of the 140 detainees into the community. The government, under the Westminster system, does not act like an autocratic dictatorship and actually Uh, does what the court says. Ooh, that was Michaelia Cash and Penny Wong having it out there on the floors of Parliament yesterday. Yeah, I, I guess there's going to be a lot of questions around who this new regime will cover, um, exactly how many of the detainees will be covered under this new set of legislation, and of course whether um, the opposition is going to back it as Labor hope they will. The 2023 United Nations Climate Change Conference President, Dr Sultan Al-Jaber, has held a snap press conference after a leaked video showed him casting doubt on the science behind global warming. Now, in the video, Dr Al-Jaber, who is also the Chief Executive Officer of Abu Dhabi National Oil Company, said phasing out fossil fuels is impossible without going back to living in caves. He's now said the comment was one statement taken out of context with misrepresentation and misinterpretation that gets maximum coverage. So science has been central to my own career progress. And yes, I respect the science and everything uh, I do. And the interesting thing with this one, Katrina, now referring to the fact that this event, COP28, is being held by the Gulf Petrostate. Former US Vice President Al Gore has been among the high-profile critics to uh, speak out against that fact. He told Reuters that it was an abuse of public trust. I have to agree with Al Gore there. Well, I might not necessarily agree with the strength of his comments, but it is (laughs) not a good look. I mean... You know, this guy has walked back his comments by saying that he is an economist by background and he combines that with his passion for science. But to make a comment where you say that phasing out fossil fuels is impossible without living in a cave, Mm. oh, it just feeds into the bigger fears around this. Yeah, and isn't that the whole point of these huge conferences with all these global leaders coming together to discuss how we're actually going to do it? Yet we've still got people who are in these positions of power saying, oh, well, we can't do it because it's just not possible. I mean, we've got to be making these moves now. We can't keep waiting and holding off. And, you know, one argument I saw was that apparently they want to discuss the terminology around fossil fuels saying, oh, do we say phase down or phase out? I mean, aren't we past this point now? You'd hope so. And a Christmas miracle could be on the way. Almost all economists are predicting the RBA won't be raising the official cash rate at its last meeting of the year today. So we've seen the Reserve Bank hike rates by 1.25 percentage points over the course of 2023, and that's added an extra $500 a month to a mortgage worth 600 grand. The decision is going to be handed down at 2.30 this afternoon. Sasha, (laughs) I'm hopeful, I'm hopeful. But, you know, um, probably, you know, what a lot of economists are saying is that February next year they are expecting that the Reserve Bank might move again, depending on what the retail sales figures in particular are doing for, you know, the Black Friday um, period of time and also Christmas spending. Um, But a lot of people, you know, 
know, according to studies that we've um, mentioned, even on the briefing here, a lot of people are saying that they're going to cut their Christmas spending, that they're dipping into savings and credit card debt in order to make Christmas happen. So I don't know. I think it's going to be a quieter Christmas for a lot of people. Yeah. I feel like we kind of saw those predictions last year though, but then we spent up big still. But you're right. I do think there is a different sense in 2023 when it's coming to Christmas. I think everyone's kind of pairing it right back, trying to make sure that they've got enough money in the bank to not only have their Christmas feast, but also, you know, keep living and buying their groceries that they need for every day. Uh, And the RBA is actually moving to a different process next year for interest rates decisions. So they'll only meet eight times a year. Uh, It'll last over two days, these meetings, to decide on the official cash rate. And then they'll actually have to give the press conference. The governor will hold the press conference on the Tuesday afternoon to explain the decision. So hopefully that'll get more people on board with what's happening with interest rates and uh, feeling a bit more confident in the Reserve Bank and what it's doing. I think more transparency is always a good thing. All right, Sasha, thanks for that. We are going to dive into the roller coaster that will be the 2024 US presidential elections. Now let's get into our briefing on Donald Trump's potential comeback with Chaz Licadello from The Chaser and Planet America. Chaz, here we are, about to end 2023, but I feel like I'm almost in some kind of weird time travel news vortex because looking ahead to what's likely to shape news for 2024, one word keeps coming up and that word is Trump. Yes. How did we get back here again? Honestly, if I had known how we got here, I would have tried to avoid it. But the fact is, in America, you're never finished the last election and you never haven't already begun the next election. You're in a constant state of elections and in every election, there's a Trump. (laughs) That's the way it seems. Even when it's not a presidential election, there's a Trump. Essentially, uh, Donald Trump is not prepared to give up the 2020 election yet, and he's going to keep on running until he gets revenge for losing the 2020 election, as far as I can see. And as long as the Republicans will have him, he'll keep coming back, and the Republicans still love him. He's almost as popular as ever, so he's just going to keep on coming back until he's constitutionally barred from running, which is at least one more term. So he's back, and Joe Biden isn't going anywhere because... He's the current president. So somehow the 2024 election appears to be the same as the 2020 election, even though those two candidates were amongst the least popular candidates of all time in the last election. Somehow they're back. So speaking of popularity, what are the opinion polls telling us about who would win if an election was held right now? And can we trust those polls? Okay. well, first of all, until last week, Donald Trump was winning by one to two points in most polls. This week, there were a couple of polls that came out which had Biden ahead. I wouldn't take too much out of any of those polls. I would say that this far out, there are certain things you can tell and certain things you can't tell. What you can tell is that this is going to be a 50-50 contest, which means it's going to go up or down by one or two points all the way to the election. The other thing you can tell is that Those results, the 50-50 results are baked in and nothing's going to change them. And I'll tell you how you know that. You know that because of the percentage of people in every poll who say they have no opinion, it's like 1%. People have made up their mind. 
What we don't know is who is going to come out on top by 1% or 2% either way because in America, voting is non-compulsory. God, what a wild ride this is already. What about the Florida governor, Ron DeSantis? Is he still a contender? No. <laughs> no, no, he, he is done. <laughs> he, uh, there was a time when it looked like he had a real chance and that time was about 12 months ago. <laughs> but, uh, no, he is he's really done. He hasn't. <laughs> He has shown a unique ability to shed support without gaining support. He, about 12 months ago, was only 10 points, 5 points behind Trump in most polls. Now he's, he's 50 points behind Trump and competing with Nikki Haley to, for second position. And let me just be very clear. Nikki Haley has zero chance of being a Republican nominee as well. So the two of them are competing for the honour of becoming the Republican nominee if Donald Trump dies. That's what's going on there. <laughs> but uh, even if Donald Trump goes to jail, I'm not convinced that either of those two would become the nominee. Uh, they definitely have zero chance. Well, we just had a laugh then about the prospect of Donald Trump landing in jail, but it's, you know, like crazier things could happen. He's got a lot going on in the legal space. He's, he's got civil cases against him, criminal challenges. A US judge has now rejected his claim of immunity in the election interference case. What, what could happen there? Really, what happens with Trump in the legal space, in my view, depends on what court cases can occur before the election. Because he just has way too many legal troubles to squeeze in before the election. There are just way too many <laughs> potential trials out there. Some will will happen before the election, some won't. The ones that don't happen before the election are critical because if it's the good ones, like the really strong cases against him that somehow put off past the election, then there's every chance he could get to the election not having any genuine legal problems, and then he can dismiss the charges against himself. If it's a federal case, there are two federal cases at the moment which are of varying concern. One is about January 6th, and one is about Trump uh, mishandling classified documents in Mar-a-Lago. I'm sure you have seen the photos of the documents stacking up next to his toilet in Mar-a-Lago that aren't mm. supposed to leave the White House. <laughs> the January 6th case is a bit... 50-50, I'd say. I mean, obviously, he had a lot to do with January 6th, but to prove the legal requirements are not easy for what they're trying to do, so for the particular laws that they're trying to charge him with, I'm not 100% sure that that charge is going to stick. It might. I'm not saying it won't. It might, but it's, it's an interesting case. The documents case, absolutely slam dunk. That man is going to jail if that case gets to court. Like there is no doubt, no doubt that the documents case is the one he's most worried about. But having said that, the documents case is the one where they have a very, very Trump sympathetic judge who's doing whatever she can to delay that trial as far as she can. She can't stop him being found guilty because it's going to be a jury trial. What she can do, though, is put it off and put it off and put it off. And the thing is, if she keeps putting it off, Jack Smith, who's the prosecutor, the federal prosecutor, he can try and appeal and try and get another judge to hear it because he says she's biased, but that will start the process again, which will delay even more, and they know that. 
So that's the real key for me. If they can get that documents trial happening before the election, then I would say there is almost a 100% chance that Donald Trump could go to jail before the election. I don't think they are going to get that. They're certainly not going to get the trial and the appeal done before the election. So there is a chance that he could cruise through all these trials and maybe get sued successfully with a civil trial, some of them are civil trials. But as far as criminal trials go, when we're talking jail time, I think there's a fairly reasonable chance he could get to the election without too many dramas there. But I think there's other dramas for him, and they're PR dramas. And that is, if he spends the whole 2024 in court, that's not a good thing. You might go, well, of course that's not a good thing. How could that possibly be a good thing? But a lot of Republicans think it might be a good thing because he has been running against the trials, essentially. Not running against Joe Biden. He's been running against the legal system, saying, look, this is all rigged. Look what they're trying to do. They're trying to shut me up. Why are they trying to shut me up? Why are they trying to rig these fixed prosecutions against me? It's because they're scared of me, because they know that I'm representing you. They're not jailing me. They're trying to jail you, etc. And it's been working in the Republican Party. It's been making it more and more popular. But I would argue that that's not good logic, because that's fine for Republicans, for independents, and for the general community. They haven't gone insane. Someone being in court is not a good thing. And in the general election, that's what matters. <laughs> and on top of that, not only is it not a good thing, but Trump is at his worst when he's doing that fighting. He's at his most annoying. He's tweeting in all caps. He's screaming about everything being rigged. That doesn't make him popular. And what I've seen over the last eight years is the more Trump gets in people's face, the less popular he becomes. And so my prediction is those polls we referred to before that become increasingly negative throughout the year next year when we're constantly seeing Trump bleating during his trials. So I think those trials might be bad for Trump. Wow, I, I like this prediction. That's a, that's an interesting spin on that. All right, do we know what Trump plans to do if he returns to the White House? Trump has a long track record of not doing necessarily what you think he's going to do. But if we believe what his supporters are saying he's going to do, it's to be frank, is quite scary stuff. We've seen reports of him, and then, by the way, this bit I'm about to tell you is not just his supporters. He says this as well. He wants to fire, at the moment, he appoints, well, the president appoints 4,000 federal bureaucrats, and then there's millions of federal bureaucrats who have normal jobs. He wants to sack 50,000 of those extra bureaucrats, potentially, and replace them with his own people. He's been describing that as the deep state, these bureaucrats. And of course, if you do that, there are all kinds of ramifications. Yes, you'll have a more loyal bureaucracy, but you're also gonna be removing a whole bunch of competence, which means that you'll have a much more partisan, much less competent workforce in America, federal bureaucracy. And that's gonna be a disaster. That would, that would destroy the workings of a good government. So that's a real concern. Another real concern is that he would use the Department of Justice for his own partisan purposes. In America, the Department of Justice is meant to be separated from the president, even though he appoints the Attorney General, who's the head of the Department of Justice. It was very clear during his first term, Trump didn't enjoy 
the advice he was getting from his attorney general and from his Department of Justice. He felt they were at war with each other, well, with, with him at least. He wants to institute a flunky and get them to arrest whoever he wants. Now, that, needless to say, is not a constructive way to run a government. It's potentially the creation of, yeah, and I wouldn't say a police state, but certainly a less reliable country where, once again, partisanship runs amok. And there are a few other minor things as well. I mean, he also wants to round up, is not minor. He wants to say there are 11 million illegal immigrants running around America at the moment. He wants to round them all up, put them in camps and deport them. It's one thing for him to say that. It's nothing for him to do it because they're hard to get. They're hard to find. They're not stupid, these 11 million illegal immigrants. He'll find a few of them, but he's not going to just round them up like that. So I'm not sure that's going to happen, even if he thinks that's going to happen. But in the meantime, he could destroy their immigration system, which I think he's planning to do. So there's a lot of potential negatives there. What I would say, though, is we really do need to, to practice caution because a lot of this is coming through intermediaries who may not have any control if Trump's president. And also Trump has said he's going to do a lot of things in the past. He then just changes his mind. He sometimes just could, could be bothered. He's a pretty late, as far as inverted commas dictators go, he's a pretty lazy one. So I don't, I don't think he's necessarily going to do any of these things, but that's, <laughs> but that's what people are scared of. Well, I mean, whatever happens, it's going to be a spicy 2024, right? People say politics is boring, but not in this case. <laughs> it's never boring in this case. That's Chaz Licadello from The Chaser and Planet America. <laughs> Unbelievable to think of just the amount of legal chaos, firstly, that Donald Trump has to overcome to, to get to the White House. And that's the first time I've really felt like somebody's been able to explain to me comprehensively how anyone with that much stuff going on could still become president. Whatever you think of Donald Trump, he has an uncanny ability to be Teflon. Listener.